This is an unusual teaching from Friday, July 9th. It easily happens that the actions of one or a few of us can hold back an entire community. Our text today reveals that that's what happened when Miriam sinned against Moses. Here's Numbers 12, verse 14 to 15. The Lord replied to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, would she not have been disgraced for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until she was brought back. Now after Moses pled with the Lord for the life and healing of his sister, the Lord challenged Moses. Shouldn't Miriam face some sort of punishment for her actions? Even insulting her father would have left her in a place where she felt the shame of the community. Among God's people at this point, we see something we know little of. How do the actions of one person affect the life of the community? Do we understand we are members of a community of interconnected relationships? Scripture tells us this about the body of Christ, that if one part suffers, the other parts suffer with it. If one part rejoices, then the body is also caught up in that joy. Now here's our problem. Our individualistic focus means that we have little understanding of the way community functions. We forget that we are by nature made for relationship and networks of people become the greatest influence in shaping us into who we will become. We hear so much about individual freedom, but little about protecting our community. Little about how the actions of one or a few members of the community can threaten or support the life of the community. Now the truth is that we're the product of our families and our communities in which we live. And many of those influences that shape us come from life in the community that are they're below our conscious thoughts. We pick up sensations, subtle cues, and these flood our lives each day. They flow to us from the people around us, the people with us on the journey of life. David Brooks, the commentator, wrote a book a few years back entitled The Social Animal. In his introduction, he says, we become who we are in conjunction with other people becoming who they are. You see, that's where we learn attitudes. We pick up beliefs. It's from our life together. Now you may ask, well, what are the implications of this? Well, first, if our community has such shaping power, we want to be careful in choosing our community. Selecting our community largely means choosing a life for ourselves. We want to be intentional about this. For example, we might ask about our community. Do they draw us closer to God? Will they help us grow in faith, hope, and love? Will they make us more generous with our time and talent? Will they lead us to feel more connected to other people, even outsiders, and challenge us to life-given growth? Or will they lead us away from God, make us less faithful, hopeful, and loving? Will they cause us to become more self-centered or anxious? 
will they lure us into doubt and confusion? And then second, we might consider how we might protect our community. Do we need to challenge members of the community over actions and attitudes or speech that endanger our community? Years ago, a ministry leader came to me about asking a person to leave the community because that person was doing so much harm, damage to others. Others in the group had picked up the harmful attitudes and behaviors from that person. Now, at first, I did not see the reason for this, but soon enough, things happened that made the matter clear. The entire community would suffer as a result of this person. I hated to do it. But this had to be done for the benefit of everyone in the community. Indeed, the community was in great danger. And this is what God does with Miriam. But he doesn't do it permanently. The Lord, in a sense, gives her a time out. She is exempted from the community for a week for the benefit of everyone, also for her. Now, it may seem harsh. The whole community has to wait before they can move forward. But sometimes, to protect a community, this must be done. Do we feel the need to protect our community? Are we alert to care for each other and to guard each other from danger? It's Jesus himself that gives us the beautiful model of protecting his sheep, guarding them, and leading them toward life. This is the lesson that we learn ourselves as members of the community in Christ at Granada. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Father, there's so much we don't know about the way community works. We think we're making our own decisions, but in truth we know we're not. We're influenced by those that are around us. We float in a river that flows with the community we're part of. Give us eyes to see this and wisdom to order our lives and our community for your glory. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.